Welcome in to the Year 3 Task World Podcast. Tom, it's Steve Bartle with you guys as always. Uh, we've been like talking about how we're going to do two a week and we haven't quite gotten there yet. But granted, there hasn't been a game. So uh, like, and it's not like, you know, we, we normally record Fridays and it's a good thing we did it now and not earlier. Yes. I was actually pestering Steve earlier, like, hey, let's pod. Hey, hey, let's do the pod. And then Steve, like, didn't get back to me. I'm like, oh, 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 maybe something's going on. Lo and behold, like, an hour goes by and the game yep. is canceled. So here we uh, are. That's Steve. I'm Tom. Nate Wade Subaru is the, the, the podcast sponsor, 1207 South Main Street. Go down, check them out. Winter's around the corner. If you don't have a car that you trust, they'll put you in one. We have got a fair bit to talk about, Steve. Yeah, we do. <sighs> yeah, we do. Damn. This, oh, sorry. This is KSL. I forget. Dang. Shoot, daggummit, um, man, <laughs> man, what a, what a crappy, crappy thing. So I had a feeling this was going to go down, and I know you did too. We had, we had a, yeah. a very brief conversation before we hit record. Essentially, you and I both heard the same thing. Late last night, right. sometime yesterday, they were floating around 53, 54 players available. I heard 54 earlier in the day. You heard 53 later that right. evening. And of course, 53 is the cutoff. And so, like, I had a pretty good feeling yesterday that this was going to come down. Um, mm-hmm. And it and it did. So now we're 0 for 2, right? Utah's 0 for yep. 2. And uh, there are teams out there like BYU who are 8 for 9. They've had one game canceled. It was, I think, the second the second game. It was Navy, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. They've had one game canceled. It doesn't matter. And they test three times a week. Utah tests every day. Hey, let's start there. Can we just say, uh, and again, I don't know the answers. Maybe you do, Steve. Maybe you don't. But during the summer, they were testing. They weren't testing every day. They were testing like three days a week. And um, they seemed to be doing okay. But you know what else I heard is during the summertime, they were actually, the players were testing themselves. They were doing the nose swabs themselves. They weren't having other people do them for you because it's cheaper. Uh, and so I don't know if that's like a big deal or not, but I don't know. Like maybe the players weren't putting it high enough up their nose. I don't know. You got to like shove it up there. Yeah. Well, so nowadays you don't know. So I went and got tested like two, three right. weeks ago um, and they have the smaller ones. And so it, like, like, like I, I, I might've just dropped a bomb on accident and I apologize because I, I don't know how long the swabs were in the summertime. I think they were the small ones, but uh, I don't know. I'm just assuming. But the players were doing it themselves. And interesting, there, Tom. I don't know if the players are still doing it themselves or not. Uh, but like they're testing every day now. Yeah. And all of a sudden, everyone's got COVID. So that's it's kind of like there's something going on to me because it's like it's not like they've just started testing. Like they have right. been testing for a while. But right. they, they've they've amped up the testing, right? Well, man, it's uh, it's crazy. So, and Whittingham talked about it. Like they've been testing throughout this whole thing for Utah. They've been testing throughout this whole thing. There have been positive tests throughout this whole process since they got back together. There have been positive tests. Uh, I think we're seeing it throughout college football. The timing of everything um, coincides with Halloween parties and that kind of thing. Very, you know, it, it, it lines up. It matches, right? There, there was so a Halloween talk about, party. There was one. Right. No, there was. Yeah. Say it. There, dumb. Yeah. And there, there was. Dumb. And 
it's not that Utah was the only team that did it. Like, obviously, you're seeing the impact throughout college football. There have been uh, double-digit games canceled now. Uh, and it's unfortunate. Um, like, it's hard to get mad at these college kids for going to parties. But considering that a college party is happening during the, the middle of a pandemic, yeah, it's, you know, it's tough. Uh, it's it's tough to to accept that, and so um, unfortunate. Uh, but here we are, and now like Arizona State now has been completely decimated by COVID nineteen positive tests. An entire side of the ball, I think it's the defense side of the ball, has been completely gutted because of COVID tests. Herm Edwards is now positive with COVID. Uh, it's just the timing of everything with everything that's gone on uh, with tests. Uh, becoming more available and what they have available to them now, just you're seeing tests pop up positive all over the place. And it's absurd. Uh, I can also um, announce the, so um, part of the problem for Utah was in, in Salt Lake city contact tracing. And I, I don't get this. I, I just have, I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me, but, but anyhow, I'll, I'll tell you what I've heard and then we can kind of go more into it. Anyway, if you were exposed to COVID in Salt Lake city, you, um, you must quarantine for seven days for a week. Okay. Uh, in in California, whatever county Pasadena's in, it's ten days. So they had a number of players, uh, and of course, because the game's being played in California, you have to oblige by the California right. guidelines. So they had players. Utah had players that, if the game had been played in Utah, they would have been able to play. But because it's being played in California, they were unable to play. And so right. that that also plays into it. Now, I just and so that so I asked on Twitter, like, hey, send us questions. The first question we got was, uh, uh, why wasn't the game moved to Utah if uh, if it was a problem with the LA County's more strict protocols? Well, the answer I've received or I've I've, I've tried to to receive was that like Salt Lake City's in a worse spot than California, by the right. way. You know, like for per capita, like Utah's not in right. a good spot. The Pac-12 is well aware of that. It doesn't make any right. sense to move the game to Utah because Utah's not in a better place. Uh, the Pac-12s are not happy with Salt Lake City and the case counts, um, and 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 so that that's essentially the reason why. In fact, I've I've heard rumblings that 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 future games may be moved out of Salt Lake City. You know, if, if, the, if the case counts keep rising, games are going to... Bryce Eccles Stadium is not going to host football games in 2020. Um, wow. So, yeah, like... Um, so, yeah, people are, people are wondering if it's the LA... The thing with the LA counties is, like, California is a really big state. They have a lot of people. They also have a, a few cases themselves. Uh, but right. I think per capita... I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think per capita, Utah's in a much worse spot than they are. Um, oh, yeah. And, and, you know, seeing the positive number of cases that we've seen over the last couple of days, last week or so, what did we surpass yesterday? 3,000? 3,200 cases or something like that? It was like some 39. absurd number. Jeez. It was like and, and so you're in the middle of a pandemic? Like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense not to want to put a program, two programs, essentially, in that type of hotspot. And so this all comes back, like you said, Tom, to, you know, the pandemic, to COVID-19. Um, it's, it's unfortunate, man. It's wreaking havoc everywhere. And, um, gosh, you were going somewhere at the beginning of uh, 
when you were talking that I, I wanted to, to harp on. Um, but the, uh, the, the seven day and the 10 day quarantine oh, yeah. or, or, or that thing. Um, and so based on Pac-12 protocols, like if you're test positive with an antigen test and the very next test you take is a PCR test and that comes back negative, you're, you're clear to return to activity, but that's only according to that. You also have to follow the local guidelines, which is something that I didn't put together until today. And, you know, you see Nick Ford tweet what he did. um, And that provides a lot of clarity and, and context to the situation that we find Utah football in. I think had they been able to get players back, I don't think Nick Ford is the only one, uh, in that situation, had they been able to get Nick Ford and maybe a couple other players back, Utah's probably above that 53-man threshold, and they're probably playing football, maybe, based yeah. on that. Right. Again, the, the whole COVID situation and and what and just Utah being in a very hot spot, uh, that's always going to be a factor in this. But uh, had they been able to – get those players off that are in, that are in contact tracing, whatever they're likely playing, um, you know, regardless of, of the COVID situation. But again, this, this all comes back to the positive rate, the, the, and just the fact that Salt Lake County is, is such a hotspot. Yeah. Uh, this was Nick Ford's tweet for those that missed it. Uh, quote, exposed to COVID-19, eight days of testing, 20 plus negative tests later, LA County still doesn't want me playing. Disappointment and frustration are both underst- uh, understatements for the way I feel. When it's finally my time to step back on the field, feel bad for whoever I'm going against. So that's part of the problem, Steve. Is right. um, you know every state has their own guidelines, some stricter than others, and uh, the state of California and LA County in particular have been, you know, they they they've been kind of um, monitoring this pandemic much stricter than anyone in Utah has. And that's, yeah, I remember in the middle of, I've got friends in LA County and, you know, middle of uh, April, June, you know, they were saying, you know, that they can't see anybody else outside their family. They can't walk with more than, I don't know what it was, four people, you know, all within the same household. And that that stuff hasn't been happening here in Utah. And so, yeah, right. Kind of just the, Nature of the beast. I also heard something interesting. Um, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So the players get tested every day. I think the only day they don't get tested is Sunday. Uh, so it's six of seven days. And five of them's a swab, a saliva, a saliva test. They, they also take a, a, sorry, a, a swab of the nostril. The, the other day comes a saliva spit test. So they get kind of a good mix of both. But um but I've learned that that essentially, you know, once the players are inside the facility and they've been cleared to to go into the facility, they they they're not wearing masks or anything. That like the masks are off, and it's kind of just like you know business as usual for uh, for the players. Which you know I can kind of I can understand. Like masks can be a bit of a nuisance. Wearing them for however many hours every day may may be you know unnecessary or at least it may feel unnecessarily but at the end of the day i think look that there's positive there's there are tests that come back false positive false negative you know like like these tests are 
I don't know what the official, I think it's like 85, 90% accurate COVID tests these days. Maybe it's 95. I don't know, whatever. It's, there's still a decent margin for error. And, and if you have a, if you have a false negative, you know, and you're just like roaming the, the football facility and you actually have the virus, you're not showing any symptoms, but you don't think you have it because you came, you came up with a false negative, then you're just infecting everybody. You know, and like maybe yeah, you maybe point. you'll infect everybody even with a mask on. I don't know. I'm not a medical expert, but maybe if you all wear masks and still try and maintain as best social distance as possible, then I, maybe some of these cases wouldn't have happened. And at the end of the day, it's like a, just a couple cases, and we're playing football, guys. You know, it's like just five extra cases, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we're done. So, uh, you know, it kind of irritates me that the, the playing group isn't wearing a mask around the, the football facility. It's, it just doesn't make sense. You're 0 for 2. Like, I, you know, I, just, I don't get that. If I'm a leader on that team, I'm saying, guys, like, you want to play ball? You want to train all week long, you know, right. and hustle and sweat and hurt? And then 24 hours before kickoff, just for it to be canceled? Like, that's... So much preparation, so much work, so much time in the film room. Like you were exercising so much energy towards something that isn't even going to happen. You know, so let's make it, let's do everything we can. Do everything we can to try play football. Wear a damn mask. Just wear a mask when you're inside the facility. Take it off when you play, whatever. But, I mean, I just think there are some issues going on right now, Steve, up at the hill. Uh, and I don't know who's to blame. You know, I'm I'm not here to blame anybody. I think, the, as a collective, you know that there are people. Oh yeah, that that obviously need to take uh, the brunt of the the blame. But it just it's it's weird right now. I'm tr- I'm trying to kind of put all the pieces together. I know Mark Harlan's got a a press conference at two thirty. It's right fifty five now, so we'll have that wrapped up so so that. Steve and I can jump on that. But look, he's not going to tell us much. Let's be frank. I mean, he might give us some numbers, but he's not going to go into great detail as to just how they're operating on a daily basis. Right. And I, you know, he's, he's not. And, you know, I, it's tough, man. It's tough to hear. Uh, but I think we can all kind of look at ourselves. Like, I, as you were explaining, just kind of, players getting comfortable and, and taking taking off their masks in the facility. Like I'm thinking to myself, like, where what situations have I been in where I've felt comfortable where I didn't wear a mask? You know, like family, friends, like I wear my mask uh as as often as I can, but there are situations where I take it off and I'm I'm roaming without a mask and I'm doing stuff without a mask. Like how many times have I gone golfing without a mask? You know, it's 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 uh, that self-reflection where you start to think like okay, I understand them getting comfortable enough to take off the mask where you test negatively and, and that kind of thing. We talk so much about there being false positives, but you brought up the point that there are also false negatives. And that's something that can be crippling. You know, if you have a false negative where the test doesn't actually pick up a player that is that has COVID-19 and – he feels comfortable enough. The fact that he's tested negative to take off his mask and, you know, the other guys knowing that he's tested negative, uh, feel comfortable around him, you know, like that can be a, a really bad situation. And 
you know, I don't know if that was what happened or not. You probably have a better idea of that than I do, but that is one situation where it can absolutely crush you. Um, and, you know, despite the fact that we have rapid testing, it's still, it's not 100% foolproof. Like the, the testing capabilities are, are great. Yeah. Like hindsight is twenty twenty. You packed the pac 12 probably should have started the season earlier to, to get through this, but man, like it's, it's tough. And this is kind of the difficulty of trying to play football, college football, in the middle of a pandemic, we're learning uh, in a very difficult way just how difficult uh, this is for college football uh, to happen during a pandemic of this sort, of this magnitude. And it's frustrating, uh, but we have to remember that this isn't this isn't like players are going to the store to buy alcohol and are just getting drunk. Like this is a pandemic. This is something that you know we don't know a lot about we know a lot more than we did six months ago, but we still don't know a lot about it. And it's unfortunate, but this is what happens when you try to play football during a pandemic, man, it's tough to see. I'm my, I feel for the players. I feel for the coaches because I know that even despite all the positive tests, all the contact tracing, like the team still prepared this week as if they were going to play. Uh, And to have that, taken away from them again, um, you know, the day before the game, that's tough, man. That's two weeks in a row. And I can only imagine how frustrated and, and how upset they are. But again, like put yourself in some bad situations where you're even, even a slightly, even slightly careless with, you know, COVID-19 protections. And, you know, this is, this is what can happen and it sucks. Yeah. That was a very long rant. I apologize. No, no, no. And you're entitled to rant uh, for longer and uh, as frequently as you wish because it's upsetting. It really is. It's um, it's frustrating. But at the end of the day, I think I think you know my takeaway on the whole thing, Steve. And I don't know where you stand necessarily, but <clears throat> you know I, I was kind of ranting about the players not wearing masks inside the facility and, and all that. Look, these kids, I mean, they're kids, really. They're, they're kids. They're like 18-year-old kids, 19, 20. Some of them are like 23, 24. Very few of them have a, have wives. You know, some do, more than most college teams, but not many. Very few have kids. I mean, we're talking about kids, okay? We're talking about okay. practice, Steve. No, no, we're talking about kids. And, practice, man. And... Uh, <clears throat> I know what it was like. Look, I was there. You know, I've done it at that age. Like, football's cool and football's great, but like, you got other things on your mind too. You know, right. like, like, um, like, like parties and and you know, whatever. You 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 know where I'm going. And so, this was, I guess, always kind of in my. You look back on it, and you probably should have thought to yourself, yeah, there's a good chance. There's a good chance a lot of games get cancelled this year. Uh, was it was it realistic for us to think that Utah would go zero for two? You know, probably not. You'd like to think that they'd go at least one for two, maybe yeah, one for three. I don't know, but but zero for two back to back weeks is certainly not ideal. Um, they didn't have many players available anyway. Utah fans, we no. don't need to go into that. But 
Uh, no, they didn't. Put yourself out of your misery anyway. If they had played, they probably would have gotten whacked because uh, they were going on walk-ons left, right, and center. You know, they they had a couple key players still available. I think they they would have given UCLA a a run for their money, but it definitely would have been a challenge. And I'll say it it would have been a significant upset. We'll say that. But there were some players where they had enough talent to to at least make it a game. I think had they made it to that point. Yeah, I, yeah, they were depleted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, so they that. were, man. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm going to quickly get to a few other questions that we have. Yeah, um, let's do it. A lot of people wanting positivity, positivity, positivity. Um, what else was there? What are the restrictions on players being allowed to practice with Pac-12 contact tracing? We kind of went over that here in Utah. Seven days is what you must be out for. Uh, someone comes in, Steve, if you want to answer this, any chance Utah plays BYU instead of UCLA? No. No, no. way. No. 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 I'd love to see it, but no. Yeah. I think... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Utah's current roster versus BYU. Who wins? There's still a talent gap, man. There's still a talent gap. What you're going? <laughs> you're going Utah? I would hella go Utah, man. I am not. I'm going blue, baby. Go Cougs. <laughs> Utah has no. They have like three players, Steve. <laughs> oh my oh. goodness. Uh, <laughs> We got we got a golf question. Let's answer that. Who's your who's your uh, pick to win the Masters? Oh man! So I uh, we me and my buddies we did a, a Masters pick'em tournament. Nice. We did three rounds. Uh, I had the first pick, and so I was an idiot and picked uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Uh-huh. Um, I wish I wish I would have went Dustin. Yeah, uh, but but uh, but that's where I'm at. So I have DeChambeau. I have Corey Champ, and then I have. Uh, uh lowry scott scott lowry shane shane lowry that's right my twin nice 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 (laughs) uh and then hey of course we um we can't not talk about the big news that did it come in yesterday steve yeah last night oh that was a big bomb that was a big bomb so talk us through it four-star recruit big time recruit projected utah is now the fifth best recruiting class in the pac-12 how to unfold yeah, man, this was this was a uh, this was a long play. This was uh, one that has been in the works for some time. But Utah um, slowly but surely made their case with four-star talent uh, Ethan Calvert, linebacker out of Oaks Christian in Southern California. Uh, Ethan is the youngest of three brothers that uh, will be playing in the Pac-12. Uh, his brother Bo Calvert at UCLA, uh, and and the middle brother Josh Calvert is at Washington. Ethan uh, is going to be the best of the bunch, and that is according to his older brothers. Um, so Ethan is fantastic talent. Um, I've I've made the comparison to a Chase Hansen in high school at 220 pounds um, that uh, is coming in as a linebacker, ready to go, fully bought into playing linebacker. That's the type of talent that Utah is bringing in with Ethan Calvert. So. Um, fantastic pickup. When you look at Ethan Calvert and the significance of this, you look at the top five linebackers, inside linebackers in this class, 
Um, they are committed to Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, Utah, and Oregon. Those are the top five inside linebackers in this class, and Utah uh, is right there among the blue bloods of the recruiting trail. And uh, this is a just a unbelievable pickup for the class. Uh, he's going to come in. He's expected to contribute and make a, a significant impact right away. Um, obviously, you make the, the transition from high school to college. There's still things that he's going to have to learn. There's still things that he's going to have to prove he can do. Uh, the mental part of the game is always something that will be interesting to monitor. But in terms of just raw talent, raw athleticism and ability, um, it doesn't get much better than Ethan Calvert. Uh, he is the third highest rated commit Utah has ever landed. We talked about Clark Phillips being the highest last year. Um, Ethan Calvert is now the third highest rated prospect. Jalen Johnson fourth um, now. And so uh, that speaks to, again, his talent level as well. Um, this is a kid that fits in very well with the personality of the Utah football program, um, bought into the substance of Utah football, the product on the field, the player development, the track record in the NFL draft, uh, the coaches. He has a great relationship with them. Uh, it was those things that really put Utah over the map or, or over uh, over the edge uh, in, in landing him uh, this week. Uh, Ethan actually called up Utah earlier this week, told him he was going to commit uh, and go public. He went, A couple days went by and he announced yesterday, obviously, but he committed to Utah earlier this week. Uh, he just publicly announced last night. And uh, just, again, a fantastic pickup. While we're struggling right now with everything going on right now, um, it sucks right now. But the future with this recruiting class, with Ethan Calvert, uh, bright, man. Super, super bright. That That's uh, tremendous news. So that is the positive news for all Utah fans out there that are mourning the loss of the uh, UCLA game. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, the Cal ASU game got canceled earlier today. Herm Edwards uh, has tested positive, so we're hoping that Herm, who is an older fella, can make it through, of course, and, and get back to the sidelines. He's a personality that uh, is much needed within this conference, but a number of other people on ASU um, had the virus as well, so they had a bit of an outbreak. That game got canceled, and believe it or not, there's now conversation, uh, according to John Wilner and other national media folk, that uh, ASU, uh, sorry, uh, UCLA and Cal are trying to put together a football game for this upcoming Sunday. Uh, Like, just crazy to to think about. So it's like 24, 48 hours notice. They've been prepping for entirely different teams all week. Uh, Cal's yet to play like a single competitive snap. They'll be right. if they end up playing on Sunday. They'll be going into this game on two days practice, essentially. Um, and yeah, I mean it's it's just absurd. But uh, I, if it goes down, credit to him, man. I mean that's impressive. But it could that that that's a game that I would watch because you know, like those teams just have not been preparing for one another. Uh, yeah. That could make it interesting. That that could make it really fun, actually. Just an, a, a shootout. I shouldn't say that. Cal's never going to have a shootout against anybody. But <laughs> but it, it could be ugly enough that you never know, right? Like, you never know. It, it, strange things have happened. Uh, and it, it, could definitely, uh, it could definitely put some leave some points on the board, that's for sure. 
Okay, I think that's I think that's it, Steve. I mean, like we jumped on here at a pretty good time. Um, Mark Harlan's about to address the media, so I'm sure there'll be more content coming your way as the afternoon rolls on. Uh, we are hopeful that the USC game is played. Maybe Mark will address that, although I doubt it. That'll probably come at a later date. But nonetheless, we'll uh, we'll plan on on a podcast earlier in the week, uh, and then one towards the end of the week. Um, stay safe. Stay safe, everybody. Uh, you watching the Masters, Steve? I am. I got it on right now. Good Tiger, uh, Tiger doing well. Good, good. You love to see it. You love, love to, see it, man. to see it. I love, I love seeing like just for what it's worth. Tiger, Phil. I love seeing those guys do well. Yeah, man. Just uh, the the nostalgia of it. Yes. Uh, yeah, just seeing those guys play well, man. It's fun. Yes, and then I love watching Dustin Johnson walks. It looks like he's got a bloody toothpick in his ass, and that's fun. <laughs> You know, he walked so weird, but it's like a strut, you know? Yeah. He Justin Thomas on the mic dropping F-bombs. Like, I'm I'm here for that always. Wait, Justin Thomas dropped an F-bomb? Uh, he did in a previous tournament. I can't remember where it was. Oh, I think okay. it was actually the uh, the PGA Open, I think is what it was. PGA Championship. Oh, okay. Uh, That's right. He no, dropped I think I an remember. F-bomb. Yeah. Next time you look at um, Justin Thomas, try and find, try and find his, like, uh, neck. I think it's just like all chin. Oh, I, he doesn't. It's not there. Yeah, he only has a chin. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Rest in peace, JT's neck. But anyway, <laughs> uh, all right, Steve. Uh, you've got plenty of work to do, as do I. So we'll let each other go. Thank you guys for tuning in. Nate Wade Subaru, twelve oh seven South Main Street. Uh, they have they have something coming up actually, starting on November nineteenth, that I'll be able to share with you guys in about a week's time. That's worth keeping an eye out for it's running from November uh, 19th through to like January 4th. So pretty big little project that they're about to embark on. So nonetheless, we appreciate them. Uh, Steve, I appreciate you. And uh, thanks for all your work. We'll stay in touch. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in.